Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Plenty at stake on this TGI Friday edition of Tennis Channel Live. It's decision day in Paris. With the last spot at the ATP Finals up for grabs, would it be the flamboyant Frenchman or this rising Italian star punching their ticket to London? The stakes are high for Rafa and Novak as well, as the world's top two continue their final push for the year-end number one. Plus, the semis are set in Shenzhen. We'll preview these four ladies who lead a star-studded cast as we inch closer to a WTA Finals champion. Time to get fired up. TC Live starts now. And we welcome you to Tennis Channel Live, our post-game coverage from Paris and Shenzhen on this first day of November. Round robin is complete at the WTA Finals. Quarterfinals are done for the men in Paris. We welcome you inside the Rocket Tennis Channel studios. Big hello to Lindsay Davenport for the first time this week. Hello. And a hello. regular a regular hello to Jimmy Arias, who's <laughs> been here all week. Look, it's November 1st. Uh, this tennis season is now 10 months old. Ever since then, players have been accruing points, one of the goals of which is to get to the year-end championships. And we now know the field of eight for London. Yeah, it was pretty remarkable going into the day. It was Gail Monfils who had a chance to become the eighth player to qualify, but he didn't show up today. He didn't play very well. And now we have Matteo Berrettini, who, Brett, at the beginning of the year, was ranked outside the top 50. And now he'll be eight. What's interesting to me is you know that there's always three spots already taken (laughs) for finals. Exactly. So you only really have five spots, five (laughs) chances to get into the tournament. And back in the day when Murray wasn't injured, you really only had four guys that could get in. So it's kind of nice that there's a nice mix there. There's those Mm -hmm. experienced veterans, and now we've got a couple of young guys, a yep. couple of young guns coming up. Monfils and Bautista Agut will go to London as the alternates will have more on the field and the mix of, of veterans and newcomers coming up later in the show. But let's show you how that pivotal match unfolded in Paris today. Monfils has been a pro for 15 years, only appeared at the ATP Finals once. This was a chance against Shapovalov. Yeah, it was a really big chance. Monfils got through yesterday not playing his best tennis against Radu Albot. Thought maybe he'd come out with a little bit more energy today, but it it wasn't to be. Shapovalov raced through the first set, smacking winners from all over the court. Monfils, not again, a lot of energy. He was trying to end points by moving forward, but Shapovalov was on top of his game. He was moving beautifully. He was hitting shots off his front foot, able to get through in under an hour. Sorry, Gail. We're going as an alternate. Fourth career semi at a Masters 1000 for Shapovalov, although he's never been farther than that. Let's hear from Monfils on the opportunity lost to go to London. Obviously proud to be in the top 10 at the end. And uh, yeah, had uh, this uh, small opportunity maybe to qualify for the master. But, um, you know, today I played um, a way better opponent than me. So no shame about that. And uh, just... uh, some uh, some uh, recovery time and uh, be ready for for friends. 
So Monfils, understandably subdued, not making it to London. But can we can we go back to Shapovalov, Jimmy? How, how good was he today? That was Shapovalov was so good that I wanted to make a prediction yesterday because he was good the first couple of rounds as well. And now I'm sort of. You're not going to believe me, but this is the truth. I wanted to say yesterday, Shapovalov is going to win the tournament. Yeah, we, the way we don't I'm believe you. No, that's <laughs> really anybody can make a prediction yesterday exactly. for something that happened tomorrow. I, I understand, but there's still two matches to go, and he's got to beat Nadal Djokovic to win the title. So if he does, that's you know, I, I've just doomed him because I've been wrong with everything that I've guessed <laughs> is going to happen this week. So Shapo is out in the semis against Nadal. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if Berrettini was, was watching that match at home or if he just got a text when it was over and he got into the London finals, but, but he is in. Shapovalov, by the way, did withdraw from the next-gen finals. Understandable. He's healthy. No injury. Just going to rest up the body. Uh, meanwhile, let's go on to the other battle that is still raging on the ATP World Tour. That's for the year-end number one. Novak Djokovic is number one at the moment, taking on Tsitsipas today. And Tsitsipas, the only player, I believe, Brett, you told me yesterday, the only player in history that has a winning record head-to-head. No, that's not what I told you. I said he's one of six guys in history <laughs> who's played him more than once, but close enough, Jim. Okay. Go with it. All I know is he had a winning record against Djokovic. <laughs> this he did before this match, and Djokovic made sure that that was not going to be the case as he's evened things up with an absolute demolition of Tsitsipas in this match. Djokovic had a virus to start the tournament, wasn't feeling well. You could hear it in his voice. He's gotten better with each match. And this was about as good as he was going to be able to play. 58 minutes. Novak lost just nine points on his serve. Meanwhile, Rafa, the other guy battling for the year-end number one, taking on Joe. Wait a minute. He's been married for 13 days. We're already going down that road? Yeah, that's wrong. <laughs> right. It is wrong. But uh, Rafa was right. Tight first set against Sanga. Sanga did a great job serving well in the first set. That's really what he needed to do. That was a huge pass from Nadal in the tiebreak. There was a strange couple of moments in the tiebreak where Nadal threw in a double fall, a couple of nervous shots. But once Nadal got the mini break in the tiebreak, he was able to come through. And then in the second set, a little bit of a letdown early from Sanga and Nadal started. I've never seen Nadal sort of an exhibition shot going between <laughs> legs, but he didn't have to. But I think he felt at this stage reasonably comfortably about getting through this match. He might have had to. Yeah, he was going to run into that. It's, it's impressive. Okay, so he had to do it. <laughs> but nobody has a winning record against Nadal, Jimmy. No, no one except in the, history. in the history of tennis. All right, first Paris semi for Rafa since 2013. All smiles between him and Joe, and so our semis are set at the last regular season event of the year. Djokovic, Dimitrov up top, Shapovalov and Nadal down the bottom. Who's been playing the best tennis in this tournament so far, Jimmy, of, of the four players that are left? You know, that's, Shapovalov's been playing the best tennis, but Nadal, Nadal and Shapovalov both have been playing unbelievably well, and Djokovic just played his first great match. So yeah. they're rounding into form right at the right time. Absolutely. And also a big week for Dimitrov. Mm -hmm. And maybe his draw maybe wasn't as tough as some of the other players, but he has played high-level tennis. A couple of months ago, we thought he might finish outside the top 100. He was having yeah. such a dismal year. His ranking is now up. Another good, strong performance to finish the year. A big tournament for him. So we're one win away from each guy of getting the Djokovic-Nadal final that a lot of people want to see here. Novak has won this tournament four times. Rafa has not made the final in 12 years. So Novak, on paper, is the favorite. I, I would ask you, with the surface a little bit slower this year, does that mitigate things and bring Rafa more into the conversation here? Uh, 
I think a little bit. I think it has more to do, though, with Rafa being rested and ready to go. And he, he, there's a goal for him to try and finish the year number one again. And he's never played that well in Paris or in London. I think that was a huge goal for him. And, yes, he had his wedding. He didn't go to Asia. He's already taken his break. He's playing fresh. He has fresh legs. He looks injury-free. I think that is a bigger deal than the surface. He's serving better than I've ever seen him serve. He's mixing it up. So he used to be so consistently to the backhand. Now he's throwing in some bombs down the tee. He's going at the body a few times. So his serve's gotten better. He's hitting the ball with more length, a little bit harder, a little bit flatter. It's still very topspinny, but he's got a little less topspin on the ball, and that works well indoors. I think his game, this is the best I've ever seen him play indoors. <laughs> and I don't know if that's going to be good enough to beat Novak, but – it's, it should be a battle if they play in the final. Last time, Rafa beat Novak indoors 2010. So wow. just keep that in the back of your mind as uh, we head to break. We'll show you the Dimitrov highlight coming up. We'll also show you what some of your favorite players did for Halloween costume-wise. Pretty creative offerings. And when we come back, we'll head to Shenzhen for the end of the round robin at the WTA finals. It was win or go home for Halep and Pliskova. We'll tell you who did which coming up. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Back on TC Live and back to Shenzhen for day six of the WTA Finals. Last matches of the round robin. First match for Sophia Kennan, the young American in as an alternate, playing Svitolina, Jimmy. Kennan served for this first set, but she was struggling a little bit with second serves. Ten double faults in the end in this match, and Svitolina shows you the great wheels that she has. She's able to claim that first set, 7-5, second set was a battle from start to finish. Fidelina, shockingly, with 11 aces. Didn't think of her as a huge server, but she had 11 aces in this match. Shows you some tremendous touch there on the drop shot. We go to the tie break in the second set, and again, Kennan served for this set, but was broken, and Fidelina has added power to her game. She started her career as a defender. She now has power, took her six match points before she finally coaxed an error out of Kennan. Served for both sets, did Kennan. Ends up losing five and six in two hours and 10 minutes. Fidelina's win streak at the WTA Finals is now nine, going all the way back to 2017. Second match was the heavy implications match. It was Pushkova and Halep. Winner advances, loser goes home. Yeah, and it was all Pliskova in the beginning of this match. Won a 20-minute first set, six love. She was more aggressive. She held her ground right on that baseline, controlling the tempo. A lot of credit to Halep, who midway through the second set started to find her game. Started to be able to get a little bit more depth, get Pliskova moving. And that was the big difference. Halep was able to play more offense in the second set. Halep got up early in the third, was up to love. Then she started to get a little down on herself. A little negativity crept in. And then Pliskova, she was able to start playing offensive tennis again. She was the player going for it more down the stretch in the third set and really paid off in some of the big games indoors. Wasn't afraid to go after her shots. Halep got a little bit passive. And Pliskova, with her big groundies and her big serve, 
was able to get through this match. A little bit of luck on match point. <laughs> Never hurt anybody, and it helped Pliskova today. So like Kennan, Halep had a hard time on her second serve today. Halep won just seven out of 28 points when a second serve was necessary. Pliskova broke seven times in 12 service games. So our semis are set. Bencic Svitolina in one. Barty and Pliskova in the other, the one and two advance, and the seven and eight advance. So as we start to talk about, and we'll focus on the Barty-Pliskova match a little bit later, but let's talk about Svitolina, who's had some, some ups and downs this year to be sure. What is it about her getting well at this tournament, which has the toughest field of the year? Yeah, she's, she's very comfortable in this situation. You have some players at the end of the year who are trying so hard to make it. They overplay, they get really tired, they get to the end of the year tournament, there's nothing left. A lot of credit to Svitolina, who the opposite. As soon as she qualified, she actually relaxed. She's played her best tennis all year this week. Give her a lot of credit for today's match. It was essentially a dead rubber match for Alina Svitolina, and she treated it like it was a final of a tournament. She's a great competitor. She likes this format. As you said, she's got this great winning streak, nine straight matches. These players are all in the top ten. Mm -hmm. Sophia Kennan's still on her way up, but she's a baller in these big tournaments. Somehow she hasn't made a final this year, but yep. she did have some big results for the first time in majors. Semifinals at Wimbledon, semifinals at the U.S. Open. That was sort of the knock against yep. her over the years. And in the big moments, in the big tournaments, a little Zverev side on the, on the women's side that she doesn't get it done in the biggest moments. Well, she did this year, so starting to play very well. She's obviously comfortable here because, as you said, she's won so many matches. So in terms of the matchup between Svitolina and Bencic, neither one of these players relies on, on overwhelming power. What do you see being the tipping point in this one? I give the edge to Svitolina based on the court surface. Bencic has done a great job getting th through this tournament on a very, very slow court. Bencic, I think, is a little bit better on a faster court. She likes to take the ball early. But Svitolina, she's added that power, as Jimmy said, so she's actually been able to finish points on this slower court, but she can also move so well. Bencic is going to try and keep her position right on that baseline or, or a little bit ahead of it. It's interesting to see if Svitolina can push her back a little bit. I think she might be able to, the way she's been playing. And I, really, I defer to whatever Lindsay says. <laughs> we all do, yeah. but, but we still want I'm your gonna opinion. <laughs> I'm gonna, I think Svitolina's continuing to play well, and she will in that match, even though she's lost a couple of times to Benchich. All right, bear in mind, the last player to repeat as the winner of the WTA Finals was Serena Williams, who did it three years in a row, 2012, 2013, and 2014. We do want to keep you honest on the doubles that's going on at the Shenzhen event as well. Babos Mladenovic, the three seeds, perfect so far, taking on Mertens Sabalenka. And what a match this was, a great doubles match between these players. But in the first set, it was Mertens and Sabalenka with just a little bit more firepower. Sabalenka was able to be aggressive and take over the court. A lot of credit, though, to Mladenovic and Babos, who rebounded really nicely in the second set and then dominated the tiebreak. They were able to get ahead in the rallies. It, they have a nice combination. They're good friends. They play well together. They were fired up to get through. Third time that Mladenovic has made it to the semis at the year-end championships, twice now with Bob Ocean, once previously with Caroline Garcia. So let's show you the doubles semifinals here. Bob Ocean Mladenovic to lead things off tomorrow against Stozer and Zhang Shui. And then Grunefeld and Demi Schurz take on Shea Suwei and Barbara Spritseva. Jimmy, uh, your in-depth analysis on the women's double semifinals. Yeah, I'm going to go nowhere with this entire graphic because I'm looking at it and I have 
You don't have your glasses on. So let's go to break yeah. as we get right. ready for the Ask the Expert segment where Jimmy I will be one of the that. experts. Take over that one. All evidence notwithstanding, and we'll tell you who else <laughs> is punching their ticket to the Paris semis. Oh, boy. Back on TC Live and back to Paris for some doubles on the men's side. Everybody wearing the same kit. Everybody from France. This is Herbert Mahou against Chardy Martin. This is to get into London, so it's a huge match, especially for Martin, who is the one player on the court, really, that's a doubles specialist, doesn't play singles at all. You want to identify the four players since they're all wearing the same thing? Yeah, that, that's Chardy serving and shanking the forehand and losing the match. And Air Bear, who are probably one of the best two or three teams in the world. Wait, the most, most famous guy on the court is about to appear. You ready? There he is, Nathaniel Mahu in the glasses, who uh, spends a lot of time with Dad. So here's the race to London on the double side, and uh, this is now set as well. Uh, the Bryans taking the fall off, so even though they qualify, they're not going to play. And Air Bear and Mahu are in because because they won the Australian Open, and if you're ranked in the top 20 as a team, but not in the top eight, you still get the wild card in, so they were able to jump continent and peers and get that eight spot. Very well explained, Jimmy. Let's go back to the singles in Paris. Christian Garin of Chile taking on Gregor Dimitrov, who beat Dominic Thiem yesterday. And for Gregor Dimitrov in this match, it's remarkable to me the year that he's had, and he's done this number of times now where he's a great player, and we think, all right, he's the next Roger Federer type with the athleticism that he has, the shot making that he has, and then he'll fall apart, and he can't play for a while, and you think, oh my goodness, he's going to be out of the game, and right now he's back on the upswing. I don't know how long it'll last, but played a great match here, played clutch, which is to me, part of the problem for him when he starts to lose confidence, he starts double faulting, starts making first ball errors, starts miss hitting. Right now in Paris, he's not doing any of those things. He's played very well to get to the semi. So Grigor, who started the year 13 and 15, sub 500, has now gone 10 and 5 since the start of the U.S. Open. He was ranked as low as 78 in the world in the summer. Now in the live rankings, he's up to 20. Lindsay, let me make this a two-parter. Do we know what happened to Dimitrov when things went off the rails? And do we understand why he's fixed it now? Well, it was a big step forward at the U.S. Open. And he went there with no coaches, just his, his trainer, and was like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to try and play my way through this tournament and try and figure out my game by myself. And he grew a lot, it seemed to think. And more so emotionally and figuring out his game plan, got some much-needed confidence in New York. And now you see that this fall, where he believes in himself more. So you said, when you have a lot of options, big stages of matches, sometimes you're not sure which shot to go with. He looks more sure of himself on the court, in the big moments, in these matches. Made a huge difference. Now to see him get all the way at least up to 20, huge for him going into next season. He was getting the yips a little bit yep. early in the summer where he would get up a break and then throw in two or three doubles and give the break right back. It's hard to get over that mentally for most players. I mean, go ask Guillermo Correa how he's feeling about <laughs> So, Dimitrov, the fact that he got over it is fantastic. It's also a ringing endorsement for leaving your coaches at home, right? Andre Agassi, I mean, Roddick, Stepanek. Just, just trying to figure it out on your own is the big step. Uh, everybody on the social net was posting their Halloween costumes. That's Coco Goff going as the spooky clown. That's, wow. a, that's a nice that one. That's from It? No. Spooky. Uh, you don't like Job. spooky clowns, do you? That was them. 
terrified right now. Uh, <laughs> Great from Coco. That is uh, Mackie McDonald. That is Mackie McDonald. Wow. Star of my tennis life. He's at the Bellagio in Vegas going hippie. Like it. Those those clothes are actually in Jimmy's closet from when he <laughs> really wore them back <laughs> in the 70s. from me. All right, good to see Mackie having fun and healthy again. And uh, Tennis.com has a, an in-depth preview of tomorrow's semifinal in Shenzhen. Barty and Plushkova, number one against number two. Lindsay, uh, what are you thinking here? Oh, it's a fantastic match. These players, they, both of them have played so well this year. Ash Barty, what a phenomenal season she's had. She's a great indoor player. Plishkova's firepower, can it be enough to push Barty back? When Barty's able to dictate with the serve and the forehand, that's when she's at her best. Plishkova, one of the few that has that power to really negate Barty to being able to do that. The serve of Plishkova is going to be huge. How many first serves, how many free points does she get? Both players' first serve percentage is going to be huge because Barty does have a weapon on the first serve, and Plishkova has been really attacking second serve. So first serve percentage paramount in that match. Four previous tour level meetings between them. Each player has won two. We will take one more break, come back with some other stage setting for tomorrow's big matches, and we'll figure out who gets the rocket shot of the day. Back in a moment. All right, time for our rocket shot of the day. Many worthy candidates, but none better than this from Shenzhen, Simona Halep against Carolina Plushko. This was just awesome. If you ever want to see foot speed on display on a tennis court, just watch this, young lady. No. Come on. Yes. That looked like Jimmy a little bit. Not just foot speed, but also the fact that she's running that fast and the ball an inch off the ground, and she's still able to put it right there. It was amazing. And that's your rocket shot of the day. Good sponsor tag, Jimmy. Uh, Halep loses the match, does get the rocket shot of the day. Pushkova advances to the semifinals in Shenzhen back in our Rocket Tennis Channel studios. We've got our experts here on hand, so we want to do our Tennis Channel Ask the Expert question presented by Tennis Warehouse. Today's question comes from Mitchell Crook, who's talking about spin technology, the fact that it was all the rage a couple years ago. He asked, do any of the top pros use spin technology rackets. This was a huge rage about eight or nine years ago where you could take a chip and put it in your grip, take it out after you play and, and see the spin on the rackets. I don't believe that cut on as big as, as maybe that the racket manufacturers had hoped. From my knowledge, mm -hmm. not a lot of pros use it. A lot of pros can get the spin technology from some of the statisticians on tour, like a Hawkeye, like one of those services that'll tell you how many, your spin rate on your shots. I'm a big believer in hitting the shot and seeing it and recognizing, <laughs> hey. That's, anal see, that's analog data. I see this, I, I'm a dinosaur. I'm not doing the computer chip in my racket. You, you had a good idea when we were talking in the office about how you think it would be a good way for players to be able to digest some data mid-match. Well, you, we talked about in Milan how the players, there's a lot of innovations. They could talk to their coaches on the ATP tour last year. I thought maybe if they had their own tablet and they could pull up the data totally. on the changeovers, it would be really interesting to see what each player looked for during matches. And you'd really get a sense of which players um, kind of do the scouting themselves, which ones rely on their coaches more. But as far as the racket technology, do you, I mean, at IMG Academy, do you see any of the players using that? No. No, I didn't think so. They use their eyeballs. See how it spins. Exactly. If you have a gear question that you'd like to ask our panel of experts, go to any one of the Tennis Channel social media platforms. Use the hashtag AskTheTCExpert. We have Saturday scheduled for you. Semifinals in both Paris and Shenzhen. The women in China on the top, the men in Paris on the bottom. Guys, what do you like? I'm looking forward to that first women's semifinal with Bencic and Svitolina. Again, Svitolina going undefeated through the round robin. 
Does, how much does she have left in the tank? It was still a tough match against Kennan. And to see her qualify last and have, be a favorite to win again. I cried one time during the Dennis Shapovalov <laughs> Rafa Nadal match in Montreal when Shapovalov was just a kid and he beat Nadal in the third set tiebreak. Why did you cry? I was calling the match and I was emotional. I was working for the Canadian Network, so I was really being a homer. And I, I find that hard to believe, but I'll go with hard it. Hard to believe, but it happened. Okay. okay. So. I'm looking forward to that rematch. Even though they played one other time on clay and Rafa won easily on clay, this is the first time they played again on a hard court. We now know our goal for the rest of the week. Can we get Jimmy to cry on TC Laughter, Live? Maybe. Get Getaway thought, a congratulations to Nicole Gibbs. Yes. She got married yesterday. She legally got married, and she said big party in Hawaii coming up. Congratulations to Gibbsy with four Ys on her Twitter handle. We'll have coverage starting tomorrow, 4 a.m. Eastern from Paris and Shenzhen. Until then, for Jimmy and Lindsay and our entire crew, I'm Brett. We'll see you tomorrow with another day of Center Court.